yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy come in last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Oh. I let my money at a fast pace. This is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke. And today, I'm excited to release our second bonus episode on our feed by former show guest and show supporter, Mr. DJAMH himself, Zach Tobacco, the host of Drinks with Great Minds in History. So this episode is going to be the shots episode of George Washington versus Abraham Lincoln that I had an opportunity to guest host on. We're going to talk about Abraham Lincoln and his wrestling skills and a whole bunch of other historical stuff as I try to hold my own with some real historians. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode that I posted on Abraham Lincoln, I definitely recommend you go back and listen to it. If you guys are into history, this is one of the best history podcasts out there. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm a huge fan. So go check it out. Support Zach Tobacco. Follow him on social media. And download his podcast. I'm going to put a link to it for both Spotify and iTunes in the show notes. So without further ado, here's Abraham Lincoln versus George Washington. All right. Hello, Great Minds. It's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History. So welcome to the show, everyone, and thanks for listening. On tonight's episode of Shots Heard Around the World, we're going to try to figure out who is greater, maybe even really who is the true father or more important father of our nation. I kind of think of them both as fathers, Abe Lincoln uh, and George Washington. And to figure this out, I brought in, well, just about everybody I could get. Uh, so <laughs> I am joined once again by my high school history teacher, Cullen Farrell. Hey, Kellen. Hello. And of course, the first lady of Shots, Kelly Rizell. Hello. And as always, Shots regular guy, Luke Franchuk, but only because Frank Luke Chuck wasn't available tonight. <laughs> How you doing, Luke? Hi, Zach. Oh, my. And then as an added bonus, we are joined by the host of Say Hello to the Bad Guy, Locke. How you doing tonight? Uh, I, I, I swear uh, I'm going to call you Jeremy accidentally a thousand times. It's, I already did it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. I'm, I'm easy to go. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, we're happy to have you. While, while we're here, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your show before we get too into into DGMH, Jeremy. Tell us, tell us about your podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, it's called Say Hello to the Bad Guy. It's a criminal history podcast. And basically, I have on a couple guest hosts. And we have some drinks and we cover some of the lesser known names in criminal history. I do all the research. My guest hosts don't have any advance notice of who we're going to be covering. We just have drinks and basically shoot the shit about different aspects of the criminal world from Western outlaws to prohibitionary gangsters to modern bikers and everything in between. To florists. <laughs> I've actually been on the show a couple times. It's a blast. You know, and then you, you rate them to similar. It really, I think what drew us together was the, the similarities in the structure and elements of our, our, our mutual shows. And, and one of my favorite things to say is, Every almost, I, I think every episode you do the the actor question, right? Without even seeing their picture, based on their description of how they acted, you have to guess what actor would best play them in a movie. And then you see it, and you're like, "Oh, it's so fucking off." It's a well, lot of fun. That actually came organically because of uh, we covered Chavez, oh, who yeah, was yeah. played by Lou Diamond Phillips in Young Guns. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you actually see the real Chavez, he looks a lot more like Ron Jeremy. So oh. that's when we started doing the, uh, well, let's see what you were picturing in your mind before we show you the actual <laughs> picture of the guy. 
It's a, that's one of my favorite parts, mainly because nobody's ever even even close. So before we get to uh, talk drinks tonight, huge shout out to our DGMH drinking buddies who support the show over on the Patreon page, the Professor Buzzkill podcast, and the gang over at Say Hello to the Bad Guy, which we're joined by tonight, and of course, our resident, uh, our favorite listener, Andy Cheevers. We never confirmed if Andy was okay. <laughs> we didn't get an angry message, though, from him, so... So, uh, you know, how, how is everyone doing tonight? You know, I, I, I talked to Locke, but everybody good? I mean, this is the first time the four of us have been together since for a few shots now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think because, uh, Kelly, you were you were sick the last time, if I'm not mistaken. So we missed you. Uh, Ladies night. Yeah. yeah. Which made <laughs> perfect oh, sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I was in Florida. Down at, uh, I missed the social. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, and of course, yeah. Yeah, you were off yeah. elevating around South. Yeah, I'm, put, I'm putting this uh, vaccine, putting the vaccine to the test here. I'm that's just, uh, yeah. Now I got it. I'm fearless. I saw that you were on a table with people and with a mask yeah. on. You're like, fucking yeah. COVID. Look, 96 percent efficacy uh -huh. versus like what is uh, measles? Ninety eight percent, right? Oh, so well, there you go. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know. If only that existed in the days of Cortez, we'd be talking a different world. Uh, speaking of that, you know, and Luke, you, you, you haven't missed it ever. I was listening to the Washington episode because it's been, a, it's been a hot minute since I actually listened to the shit I said about Washington, which I figured I should probably refresh my memory. Um, you know, I just taught Washington recently in class, but it was, it was fun. I, I mean, I listened to it. Like for our first rodeo with Shots Around the World, it really wasn't that bad. Um, no, I don't think it was that bad. We, that was a good discussion. We sounded uh, pretty we historically that. smart. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even really know how to edit at that point. So how we pulled that off, I, I don't know. So that was, it was fun. Two was a stupid idea. Two people debating and voting was a stupid idea on my part because that that was good. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Locke, how's Michigan? It is snowing today. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Oh. Yikes. So over the weekend, I got out, got all the yard work done, edged the lawn, uh, got everything taken care of. Uh, by Tuesday, it's snowing. So that's how that's how Michigan's doing. It's very Michigan. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Oh my god! Finally, starting to rain down here, which is nice. But uh, it's supposed to snow here in in uh, western Pennsylvania tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. The flurry? Jerry, was, or Locke, was this like real snow or like flurries? It's kind of flurries, but it's starting to stick a little bit. They're saying we can get between one to a four four inches. So. Oh. Roll. Oh, well, yeah. It's gonna get down the sixties here tomorrow. Is it really? Yeah, local. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Tomorrow. I'm excited now. Oh, my God. oh my. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I'm still in a little bit of recovery from, from my extra, uh, my, <laughs> my adventures last night at the, the Celtic, Celtic Ray uh, Irish Public House. Surprise, <laughs> surprise Monday night adventure that ended up, it felt more like a Saturday adventure. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what can you do? So, what's everyone drinking tonight? Let's uh, let's start with Colin. What do we what do we got? I'm uh, throwing back again to your uh, alma mater, Duquesne uh, Pilsner. Here, it's just what I still had at the bottom of the fridge. So, I, I like it. I like yeah. it. Scraping yeah. from the bottom of the fridge. No spat. Yeah, it's 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 in there, but I just uh, I don't know. I'm trying to kill these cans off. So, hey, you know what? We're drinking Washington, or we're talking Washington. There's nothing wrong with talking Duquesne and Pittsburgh. That's right, it? Fort Duquesne. Yeah, uh, burning <laughs> the ground. Uh, Kelly, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, for the classics, I went with a classic Yingling. So. Oh, you, know you stole what? your look, Luke. Hold on. It's almost it's almost like there was a conversation about this because <laughs> I also thought, what's the most American? Who are the most American presidents there are? It's it's Je or not Jefferson, <laughs> not Jefferson. It's Washington and and Abe Lincoln, and I too went with 
DGMH's most American beer, Yingling traditional <laughs> lager. Uh, but uh, Luke, you're gonna have to fill us in. What, what do you, what, where was this brewed? Yingling traditional lager is brewed in America's oldest brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Cheers, Yingling. You get your free advertising as always. Yeah. Uh, and Luke, what are you drinking tonight? There's something out of this green bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, we should have warned you uh, to go. I know. I, yeah, it's not Luke's I didn't get the memory. We didn't do this <laughs> for Luke. We did it for the show. <laughs> We're really Come pushing hard for that. Uh, yeah, for that sponsorship. He's going yeah, really. down damn smooth. You know, the nice thing is, if we ever get it big enough to have a sponsor like Yingling say we'll sponsor you, I don't even have to add in an ad for the shots. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't even need a hashtag. We're already there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> And Locke, what are you drinking tonight? Oddly enough, even though Yingling isn't distributed in Amer in Michigan, I actually had some in the fridge. I would have, I should have grabbed one. Now I feel left out. <laughs> but I, they got their run anyway, so I guess it's fair. So I went with a Michigan beer. I got a Two Hearted IPA mm -hmm. out of uh, Bell's Brewery in Kalamazoo. That's good shit. You so, drink that quite often. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I'm not a huge IPA drinkers, but I like this one. It's kind of the flagship craft beer of Michigan. Michigan's got a big craft beer scene. And it's one of the uh, the top ones. And, you know, prior to it snowing today, it was getting warmer. So it's moving into IPA season. So Oh, yeah. I'll be hitting the hazies up pretty soon more and more. I always hit the hazies up. I can't, I can't lie. I, I, love, I love a good hazy. I can't, I can't help it. Well, that's everybody's uh, uh, beers tonight. So I guess it's time to get to it. Uh, this round of shots are around the world. George Washington versus Abraham Lincoln. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. All right, let's get to it. Locke, I, I mean, you listen to the show, but since it is your first round of shots, I figured I'd just say, you know, we drink, we debate, we disagree. And in the end, we try and figure out who deserves this round's crown of greatness. We'll put it to a vote. The vote always sounds shitty, but since you listen to the show, you kind of get the gist of that. So the one rule that doesn't normally make it into the, the podcast is no B words, no C words, no P words, all related to the better sex. Except we don't say on the show. I feel like I have said those words before. You've said, well, Kelly, you can say whatever the fuck you want. If you want to call someone a woman prerogative. B was a big P and her husband was a C. I don't care. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I'm just not going to say that. Yeah. Fortunately, none of those are in my common vernacular, so we should yeah. be okay. My podcast, well, really on the trying. other hand, is fairly dirty, yeah. um, but uh, I keep it clean typically. That's, that's good. Well, cleaner than that. Yeah, well, I just feel like that's just, that's just being nasty in a way. I mean, I don't know. Um, all right, let's start. Well, we're not really going to start at the beginning. In fact, with these guys, we're going to kind of really jump to the end of their stories. And one thing that stood out to me about these two great minds was their role as a leader in American history. So in each of your opinions, let's start. I want to look at this in two ways, uh, because I think they deserve a, a different approach in a way, especially Washington. Who was a better military leader, in your honest opinions? And we always have to edit out long pauses. Oh. I, I guess I could throw something out there and embarrass myself in front of these great history minds. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Detroit and I talk about gangsters, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but I'm going to go with Washington, even though he had a lot of failings. A lot of times that's part of the game and it's, uh, you know, he learned and he adjusted. And honestly, if we're being honest, he was in a situation where you're going to take some L's. 
you know, you're outmanned, you're outgunned. It's a, it's a precarious situation. The reason I would say I have more go to him because he spent more time in the actual field as a military leader, as opposed to being like the overall commander in chief. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I, I agree 100%. I didn't really think about maybe using the word commander in chief almost as a different thing in a way, but I agree, even if not for the fact that he was an actual like military leader in the field of battle, charging out at times, you know, that, that, that definitely, I'd probably lean towards Washington too. What, what do you think of Luke? I think I'm going to go with Lincoln only because, and like acknowledging, you know, he couldn't seem to pick one that he really, really liked yeah. <laughs> and wanted to do the job that he way, the way he wanted it to be done. Mm-hmm. And I'll say when he finally got Grant in charge, Grant was doing what Lincoln wanted him to do, which was commit and go after Lee in Virginia and for whatever reason, McClellan didn't want to do that. Burnside was only as good as he knew he wasn't. So, so I, I guess I'll go with Lincoln there. Just so because he 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 knew what he wanted, he just didn't have. I mean, presidents couldn't. There was no way a president was charging into battle after right. Washington. You know, so right. he just yeah he, he knew had the what right had to be done. He didn't have the right person to interpret those missions. Okay, I'll I'll buy that. Uh, Kelly, what are you thinking? I was actually leaning towards Lincoln as well. Um, but I was thinking more. Kind of on our past conversations about Washington's luck mm-hmm. and how he got lucky most of the time. And that's part of the reason why he was so successful. But I was thinking more of Lincoln as a strategist, you know, using the telegram, using the railroad, pulling all the resources in together to finally get it done. I, I can't disagree. I mean, I, ha- I have to say this was one of the things I was most on the fence about. And I, I, I want to lean towards Washington just because he was in the field and he had to make... Mm-hmm. He had to make the tough decisions, even though Lincoln had the, with the telegram that you brought up, the ability to reach the front line as battles were unfolding. And that was something I never thought of was those guys had to run that wire while battles were unfolding. Like, oh shit, Gettysburg, didn't see that coming. Let's get over here to this podunk town and in a field somewhere and just, you know, get the line run. So I, I, I mean, he, he was there in the moments. They both were. In a way though, I mean, you said Lincoln had a better strategy from the beginning, a better plan. I do think that, like Locke said, we have to give credit to Washington for being a learner, a really Absolutely. big learner. And I think oh, yeah, so important yeah. In, a, in a general, which he was and, and Lincoln wasn't. Uh, you know, he was a trained military official. So, Colin, what are your thoughts? Um, I'd go with Washington. Uh, a couple reasons. Obviously, the battlefield commander type aspect. He was with Braddock at that ambush and basically had, what, six, seven horses shot from under him and still managed to get the army back across the Monongahela and save, you know, save the army from certain ruin. So that was, that was like where he was forged, uh, you know, the French and Indian War. Okay. I mean, uh, I guess the fort, fort necessity aside, you know, that was probably a dumb, dumb idea to make a, a fort in a, in a lull, you know, where the enemy can shoot down on top of you. But he, I said he never did it again, though. That's that's No, he never did it. He learned from his mistakes. And then, you know, the bold move of Trenton, New Jersey, you know, attacking on Christmas Day, a Hessian missionary. I mean, that, that took balls. So, yeah. you know, and, he knew, and we always say he knew how to retreat and he knew when to retreat. He kept the army alive and that's all he needed to do, you know, like keep us, you know, the rope-a-dope. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So... You know, with Lincoln, Lincoln's more of a policy wonk. He's he's more of a he's a politician. Yeah, he finally found Grant, and, and Grant would pay the price, right? Like McClellan didn't want to lose men. If it took fifty thousand men for Grant to take that city, he was going to spend sixty thousand if yeah. that's what it meant. And, and it, that's why Grant was so awesome. I mean, it, he it, was just not afraid to. And risk my favorite people. thing about Grant is you're thinking, well, what's going to happen to the West then? And it's like Sherman. And he doesn't give a shit either. So. Yeah, yeah. Sherman's yeah. like, if I've spent 50000 can I double that, actually? And, just, <laughs> and then 
kill everything in my path, you know, so. Um, so it, it, people always say that the South had better generals, you know, and really, if you look at Grant, Sherman, Sheridan, Hancock, the, the North had fantastic generals. They were just misallocated. They weren't in the right places at the right time. Lincoln was brilliant enough to move them. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. You know, the right guy on our side of the chessboard, that's for sure, moving the right pieces where they needed to go. I think so. So I, I think that these two people have very different worlds, and sadly for Lincoln, his are so intertwined, and yet they, they are somewhat separate. For Washington, they're totally separate. Is who's the better politician? Do we want to go in reverse order? Colin, you want to keep going from there? Or? Uh, the better politician, um, I would say, would be Lincoln. Lincoln was able to um, keep the union together when it was truly going to fracture and fall apart. Washington wasn't able to do that in a way with the fallout of the two political parties. You know, if, if he was such a great statesman. If, Didn't the country fall to... apart, though, under Lincoln? No, it didn't. It didn't fall apart, but but it did fracture, and it has been fractured, and will forever remain fractured into two separate camps. You know, you you could almost draw a line from that split of two parties into the two halves that formed the Civil War. Oh yeah, absolutely. you know, the South, oh, the agrarian South, versus the industrial North. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and one party is Hamilton's, and one party is Jefferson. These are two different guys we're not talking about tonight, but. I would say that the, the seed for the Civil War was planted in the two-party system. Oh, yeah. Oh, I totally agree, even though those two parties wouldn't really... The, the um, hats change, but the players do not. They still stay, you know, the South, you know, slaveholders versus... Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... That's, that's the cold, hard truth. Uh, Luke, what are you thinking? Politician. Oh, I, I definitely think Lincoln is the better politician, and I don't think it's close. You don't think it's close? I, I don't think it's close, no. Washington is regarded for who he was. Uh, Lincoln is regarded for what he was able to do. Yeah, they both had, they both had cabinets that disagreed, and there was some infighting. Washington wasn't even—I wouldn't even consider Washington a politician. Okay, Washington that I can was. Get okay, Washington I just hate was. When you say a, stuff like that, and it sounds so fucking smart that I can't disagree with it. Like, what the <laughs> what the is that? Well, Lincoln gets better for Luke. how for how he acted. Why, why? No, what show was, is this? This is Luke's show, damn it. I can't even debate. Statesman. I can't even debate that. Like, it's true. I mean, I guess any credit <laughs> I give to Washington, it's like, yeah, he was George fucking Washington. And he set the tone for what politics would be. But he also wasn't a fucking politician. He's like the opposite of a politician. In fact, no. he's what I wish a politician was, but not what a politician is. So, sorry, Luke, I interrupted you. With a compliment. Uh, okay. Oh, you're fine. And if you just go back with going back and kind of everything that Lincoln did, like from the, the 1860 National Republican National Convention, he won that convention by political back backroom deals. That's how he got the nomination. Locke, what do you think? Washington or uh, Lincoln, the better politician? I agree with Luke that I don't even think it's close, and I think it's by far Lincoln. Well, uh... I guess kind of my thought process is he was the political equivalent of what George Washington did in his military record. Uh, Lincoln had been at it for a while. He had had a bunch of different elections. He lost some, you, you know what I mean? Learned, was a representative as opposed to where, you know, George Washington was, you know, he's the fucking, the winner, yeah. you know, he's yeah. the hero of the war and he slid in. Like he had to quit the job at some point. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Where Abraham Lincoln had to really fight and work his way up as a politician. So Washington didn't even have to play the political game. They basically had, they're basically begging Washington to be in the political game, whereas Lincoln really had to play it. And I guess that makes him maybe a, a little more skilled at the political game 
Kelly, what are you thinking? Uh, I think Lincoln too, but I don't think it, um, like, I think it's close. I think it's close too, damn it. (laughs) Mainly because he got reelected in 1864. So obviously you have to show that you do have some skill. You do know the game, Mm. and he, he did. He was trained in it. But for Washington, I think, for as a politician, he created like the most fabulous cabinet ever. Mm-hmm. So he knew where his weaknesses were and was able to bring people together that actually knew what to do and push our country forward. Yeah, anybody could have. Anybody, <laughs> anybody would have went to work for Washington. Oh, okay. Anybody, I like, anybody yeah, could have done. Anybody, and they'd be like, "Yes, I will go work for you." I think we're not giving Washington enough credit. I, I'm not necessarily saying it's Washington. Uh, I, I, I think that my statement pretty much says what I think is that he didn't really have to be a politician by the definition of the word. Lincoln actually had to play the political game. But there's something to say for Washington having to be, having to pioneer his way through every single political issue mm-hmm. that he came across. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not necessarily going to say it's Washington, but I think it's very close, but for very different reasons and all the reasons that were said here. Uh, if I was going to add one piece, I think, okay, that's not really fair to Lincoln, what I'm about to say, but Washington seemed to have the foresight to give good advice and understand. I mean, we've talked about the Cincinnati moment a thousand times. We've talked about the idea that he knew when it was time to step down and he knew what to set to, to set the nation on the track that he thought was best. Everybody else just said, fuck that. We're going to do what we want. But uh, I don't think that's really fair to count that against Lincoln because, you know. Lincoln did give us Andrew Johnson. Bad fucking no. story. I, <laughs> that's good politicking right there. Gone terribly fucking wrong, if you ask me. I mean, like. Um, w- one thing I want to say, I, I agree with Kelly 100% about you know him putting together his great cabinet the only difference is i see that as a mark towards lincoln because washington maybe he was just kind of this figurehead that the country needed after being a new country when in reality a lot of what we gave him credit for he had these uh you know a great cabinet he's got jefferson he's got hamilton a lot of what we credit the a washington presidency for He's just kind of standing there, like, representing George, looking good. And, uh, you know, they're putting together the banking system and doing all this stuff. So, Lincoln actually had to, uh, back of Luke's quote, Washington gets this credit for being things, but Lincoln actually did. I mean, I think right. Lincoln just got rid of secretaries of state whenever they didn't work for him. You know, not in a not in a tyrannical way, but he's like, you're not fucking doing your job, get out. And I know that, you know, like, he had, and I think that maybe both men were, expected to supervise the nation in, in an unprecedented way, you know, with the Civil War, with the new nation, and really <clears> after, <throat> towards the end of the Civil War, reforming a, a new nation in a way. Other can, thoughts? I, can I add one one last thing? Um, at the Philadelphia Constitutional Convention in, what was it, 1787, that, that event was overseen by, Washington was one of the presiding officers to it. He spoke a whopping three times in four months wants to open, wants to comment, and then wants to close. If he was such a fantastic statesman and politician, you would think he would have been up on that lectern, adding, you know, jumping in, you know, speaking more than just three times. It just seems to me like he's not a politician. He's not someone that's going to be like Machiavellian that's going to get in and try to, you know, convince people to do something. So as a politician... By Machiavellian standards, he's the shittiest prince in the world. Oh, and Lincoln is Machiavellian, like we were just saying. Like, he's he is somebody that would... uh, Sell ice to the Eskimos. So, <laughs> I want to. I want to say one more th- quick thing too. Washington's cabinet. So you have all these people 
people, all these, all these men who are very instrumental in the founding of the country. Uh, so you have Adams, you have Jefferson, you have Hamilton. Compare that to 85 years later with Lincoln's cabinet. And, and I mean, first Corns Goodman wrote a fantastic book, King of Rivals, which is all about Lincoln's cabinet. And it's mm -hmm. all about uh, these different viewpoints. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, Stewart. William Stewart, um, Stanton. Yeah. Uh, but Stanton was later. Stanton, Stanton was later. Yeah. But uh, my point is, though, I think um, the people that were in each of these respective cabinets were at the right moment. The country needed them at the right time. I agree. And they, they showed up. And Hamilton never shut the fuck up. We all know that. So. <laughs> well, except for him. Does anybody else want to add one more thing? Okay. So is the answer the same? Oh, okay. Wait. So then this, this question is not that much different. But I'm wondering then who did more to shape the presidency? I missed that whole question. You froze up there, I honestly. Yeah, I think. Am I frozen now? No. No. All right. Who did more to shape the presidency? Oh. oh. Now that's a good question. I'm sorry. My last one was shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Who was? It won't make the show. You edited it out. <laughs> no, it will make the show. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Luke, Luke sat here and said to everybody how victimized I, I he was last episode. And now he's sitting here ripping on my questions. Uh, that I thought it was a good question too, because it, it, you really, I, I, I instantaneously have my answer, and I'm like, oh fuck, wait. <laughs> I thought it was a fantastic way. It was, it was. It took me right off the bat, like, oh my gosh. More so, so who wants to go? Well, I, I think. Well, I'm going to go with Washington on this one because I think the two-term is a huge deal that separates, you know, the president from a lot of different leadership styles. And he easily could have just hung around as long as he wanted to. And I think the fact that he was a reluctant politician kind of set a great precedent to move forward. I don't know if it was because it was a great leadership decision or because he was just like, look, I really don't want to do this anymore. I don't know that he ever did want to do it. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you. And I, that's just one example of the, the precedence that he set, and you, I don't think we're wrong to say it's one of the most important ones he set. The, the, the greatest safeguard we had against tyranny, we didn't even really pay attention to until World War II. You know, as Washington said, this is what we do, and we're going to make it a constitutional amendment eventually. And, and it's not because FDR got elected four times. It's because Washington said two was the right number, you know? I, I, I agree. What do, you, what do you think, Kelly? I agree, too. I think Washington, because he was the first, I mean, what he did set the tone for pretty much every presidency since, with a few minor exceptions. But I felt like Lincoln also took the power of the presidency and expanded over the other branches. So that's not really something we want in this country when he's basically telling the Supreme Court, like, shut the fuck up, I'm going to do what I want, and... Yeah, but only, again, it's cool, time. Only so. cool presidents do that, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> like cool presidents, like Andrew Jackson and, oh, yeah. and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Marshall, fuck you. Uh, so, oh my gosh, Luke, you were you gave me one of your my favorite sound. Whatever, ask a question. Luke goes, ooh, Lincoln. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I'm gonna go with Washington because he was a pioneer in. in regard and and he showed the way I, I will say though that i think lincoln manipulated the office better than anybody else could ever dream of doing and i don't know that that's necessarily a good thing but he expanded the power of the presidency and every president since him has done the same exact thing which was expand the power of the executive 
And that's, that's mm. my thought process. And I'm going to ask what Colin thinks first, but I mean, my thought process is who's, who's, I, the presidency to me is like the constitution or something like that. It's a living piece of history. Meaning that when we look at what George Washington did and what, ah, give me a random obscure president, Chester Arthur did, or Teddy Roosevelt did, it's like their what they did still affects the presidency today. And it's constantly growing and changing and shrinking and expanding. So you almost get to look at them as a living piece of history that it's not history, it's 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 politics, uh, you know, just as much as is as it is history. So that's that's I'm still torn. So I want to hear what Colin has to say. Well, yeah, now Luke has me scratching my head with that one. That was uh, excellent because I I was gonna say Washington being the prototype, the first of you know the office and the whole idea of the executive controlling the military that had to come from well, if Washington, I mean, remember with the Whiskey Rebellion, he marches out at the head of the troops, you know, and goes out and kicks some ass. So it's like, I was going to go with Washington, but what Luke said about expanding the federal powers, I mean, uh, you can draw an arc from that heavy-handed federalist control from him all the way through to FDR and into the, the modern times. So, you know, the founders purposely made the executive weak and limited. And damn if it didn't find a way to become the, one of the, it is the most powerful they, branch. If they mean. really wanted to limit it, they should have actually placed limitations on it, not just said, Commander-in-Chief, veto power, whatever. Uh, you know? I will <laughs> say, too, about expanding this ex executive power, Lincoln did it because he had to. And we'll never know if he, if he did it because he wanted to. He did it because he had to. But it forever uh, changed the nature of the office. I think. Right, right, right. Right. And I, and I would say that his successors did it because they wanted to. Mm. See, now, here's my biggest piece that I'm torn on, is I, I love to give Washington all the credit for the precedence he set. He actually doesn't get, he gets a lot of credit for one, but someone else gets more credit for it down the road. And, of course, it's the staying out of foreign entanglements. To me, that drove American politics through the first mm. two world wars. And I think I'm not wrong to say that it still is rooted in Americans today. There is a portion of the population who wants to stay out of foreign affairs, the America first mentality. And we all lived it for the past four years. Uh, you know, this America first. Washington did set that tone, but Monroe gets all the credit for it. You know, the Monroe Doctrine, literally like legitimizing it. But the, I mean, he just took what Washington said and applied it to the situation at the time. You know, but I, I, st I think I'm actually going to lean towards Lincoln because I feel like once we hit the Civil War, Lincoln kind of did a federal reset and said, no, we fucking matter. The, president, the presidents really matter. We don't just sit idly by and get involved when, you, when we need to. And in that way, he's more representative of presidents, a little bit more like Andrew Jackson, that, that strengthened executive power uh, as opposed to sat back and did what, you know, Adams, Jefferson, they, they didn't really, I mean, they all, there were moments, but none of them really took the executive by the reins and drove the, the country uh, like, like Lincoln did. And in, 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 I think presidents, like Luke said, did that after Forever War. Any other thoughts on that? I think you're spot on on that point, especially when it comes to war, since we technically never declared war in the Civil War and he sent troops wherever he wanted anyways, which is something we've been seeing ever since. <laughs> Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin uh, resolutions. Uh, what was what is whatever Bush fucking did? I don't even know. But that everything was. past Japan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. Well, it's my favorite question of the night. Who would win in a fist fight? Colin, what do you think? Washington was in hand-to-hand -hand combat several times. I'm like what 15 minutes from Evans City, where he actually got a bullet right through his coat. Uh, at Murdertown, uh, he was almost killed uh, while he was up with um, on his way up to 
see the French. So I don't know. In terms of physical combat, I, I know you said uh, Lincoln served on your part. Didn't you mention he, he was in the military? Briefly. Lincoln. It didn't seem like combat action, though, like hardly at all. Yeah. There's a lot of myths and legends about the Black Hawk War and how he stood stood between, uh, you know, his his the soldiers under his command and a local tribal member in a similar way that you would see Pocahontas saving John Smith. Uh, reversal, right. you know, like it was so... <laughs> mythical that it probably didn't happen but most of Lincoln a lot of Lincoln so while in the Revolutionary War Washington never got in his hands bloody he definitely got his hands bloody in the French and Indian War so I, I have to go with Washington Kelly what do you think I'm going with Washington as well because I'm trying to imagine like body types too because I feel like just Lincoln's just tall he's skinny one good <laughs> swing and he's he's down I'm not totally against that theory um, <laughs> really? he, he does have that that Washington's got that kind of like he's got the reach He's Real like, splitter reach. He's, right? he's a farmer. He knows how to use his hands. He it's, it's it. like when someone in the military walks up to me, I'm like, I could kick my ass. You know? <laughs> There's no way around it. Uh, Luke, what are you thinking? Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Why? He took an AK 47 out from under his hat and blew Batman away with a rat a tat tat. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> from the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. I don't know this one. Oh, it's on YouTube. Look it up. Okay, I, I thought you were going to say because he can dunk. Lincoln Ratatat. Yeah, the height would be intimidating. Uh, in instinctively, I too go to George Washington because of his military background um, and his, his training, his soldierly attitude. But I think Locke's going to throw us all a big curveball here because Lincoln was a wrestler. A trained wrestler. Right. So yes. talk, talk to us. Talk to us, Locke. Yeah, so Lincoln wasn't just a wrestler. You know, say, saying Lincoln was a wrestler was saying, like, you know, Dr. J played basketball. You know what I mean? He was... No, uh, I don't know who Dr. J is. Okay. <laughs> I get it, so though. He's, he's considered... Out of 46 presidents, 14 have wrestled. And uh, Abraham Lincoln's considered the best, the most dominant wrestler. So now, as a lot of lists and, uh, myths and legends about the wrestling record as you know things like these are when they didn't record them so people say he had an amateur he started as a young kid it would have been about 11 he wrestled into his 20s so around into the black hawk war time and they say that he had a record of 301 like he which, only lost once yes so 300 wins and one loss is what oh. you will find if you were to google it that is the one thing about the wrestling story i find to be legend only because uh I feel like that's impossible to get to. He would like, turn pro. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Dan Gable is the greatest American wrestler, probably. And he won three high school state championships, two college national championships, uh, world, world Games, and Olympic gold medal in the 72 games. And that brought him to about 195 and one. So I find it hard to believe that Lincoln would have racked up a hundred more on top of like a resume like that. The wrestling that Lincoln was doing at the time, they did collar, uh, collar and elbow wrestlings where you start locked up. Oh yeah. But they also, he was doing an early form of what's called catch as catch can wrestling which looks a lot more today like what MMA would look like. Like beating the shit out of each other? Right. They, there wasn't an actual rule set came up until 1870, but at one point the rules were no, no eye gouging, no fish hooking. So like the original UFCs. He was not just like, oh, I put on a little unitard and wrestle at school. He was like, <laughs> I have to beat the shit out of someone or someone's going to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, when he was in New Salem, he he has a shopkeeper in New Salem. And there was a guy, it's his most famous wrestling match. It was 
a guy named Jack Armstrong. He's a leader of like a local group of toughs or whatever, the, the Clary Grove boys. And they challenged him to be a wrestler on the street. And that's like the most documented case. There's a billion like, there's like poems and paintings and stuff drawn over it but he he beat jack armstrong in front of his gang of friends and and then challenged them all to fight one-on-one and that's documented like uh his first legal partner douglas talked about it in one of their in their debates pre-election so that's pretty well documented and he was legit up until his 20s and he lost his first loss was against a private that was under him in the militia in the black hawk war and that was his first loss and he never wrestled again after that all right no idea he wanted that one loss, and that was it. Uh, he's like, I will never lose again because I'm never going to wrestle a fucking game. So, I mean, I guess popular visual of what I'm thinking Lincoln wrestling might have looked like based on your description. Kelly, you're watching it right now, uh, like the wrestling in Bridgerton. Uh, the, you know, like that, Yeah. you know, like kind of <laughs> no gloves beating the shit out of each other. So I, I feel like I, I, Jeremy, or Locke, did you have anything else you wanted to say there? Because that's fast. Well, even on top of his wrestling... Like we talked about earlier, you said like, ah, oh, yeah, he's six four, he looks skinny. We think of Lincoln as the pictures we see, this tall, skinny, sad man. Yeah. But that's him as a much older man that's been through a lot of life experiences. He's pretty much documented as about six four, one eighty five when he was a young man. And Washington was pretty sickly a lot. You know, he had a lot of, as he got older, he fought through a lot of different diseases and physical ailments where, you know, Lincoln is literally what we call, you know, farm strong. Yeah, the rail splitter. That's what's coming to mind right now. Yeah. You know, the reason I know so much about Lincoln wrestling is I grew up wrestling in a town where our local mascot are the rail splitters. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. This is so, big to you. So when you wrestle for the rail splitters, you hear about Lincoln's wrestling pretty early on. So at one point, and this is probably a sad commentary for uh, my school district, but when they were like, yeah, Lincoln's the great emancipator, I was like, well, the, the wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Be like, it's Lincoln and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was Stone Cold in the Civil War? No. <laughs> Oh my That's god, awesome. the American education system at its finest. Lincoln the wrestler freed the slaves? What the shit? <laughs> Did you have anything else to add there? Or I don't want to cut you off. Is that uh, I mean, I think that's it. He, he's, he's in the uh, National World uh, National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Really? So he's, huh. yeah. I'd like to change my vote. Yeah, that was my next question. Does anybody want to change their vote to Lincoln? 6'4", 185, that's pretty close to around with John Jones, the MMA UFC heavyweight champion is so. you know that's a big tall stocky man you know like Kick that ass. is that is yeah i'm pretty sure that he would barrel through washington even at his best day so a southern plantation boy versus this kelly now i'm just visualizing it yeah, i know like getting yeah yeah how tall, how tall was washington not six four uh, washington was six two so oh, pretty close though yeah washington would be the fourth tallest president so Lincoln was the tallest, and then uh, it was Lyndon Johnson was tall. Lyndon Johnson, uh, was the Johnson tall, tree. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then Donald Trump was six three, and then Washington was six two. Yes, Trump probably. Yeah. Trump six three. I didn't realize he was six three either. I didn't know. He probably put that on his Wikipedia page. Between uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he guys, I'm six three. Mark it down. I'm not <laughs> the president. Oh my god. <laughs> 
well, that was fun. I think we all say Lincoln now. Did we all say Lincoln now? Is that the is that the truth? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Then, that's why I brought on the expert. And I can't you see he comes and saying, I'm not really the history guy. Meanwhile, he knows the four tallest presidents in the United States. I'm like, Napoleon wasn't really that short. That's what I was doing, like trying to warm in. Like, all right, well. Uh, now I want to take a, a quick pivot to this episode's Patreon bonus, Last Call Question, in this case on the American Civil War. And yeah, that pretty much means it's a Civil War BS session because we've been talking about it for a week and a half, and I feel like if I don't give them a chance to talk about the Civil War at some point, they're going to they're gonna burst. Uh, so the topics, our favorite piece of Civil War era history. I literally left that as open as humanly possible. And then I'm going to ask my guests to answer... Uh, the question I answered on the main episode, what they think was the most important battle of the Civil War and why. Listeners, just follow the link in the show notes to get access to this Last Call exclusive Patreon discussion, as well as all kinds of other great bonus content and what the hell support the show in the process. And I'm loving the fact that like every five seconds, there's like three of us kicking back a <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I haven't had one in a while. I, I know, it's going down real smooth. Real smooth. Real refreshing. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. So as we wrap this round of shots uh heard around the world up, I have to ask the question that must be asked, who is the bigger piece of shit? Hmm. 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 Well, I'm gonna oh, go no. Washington. Why why lock? I guess when it comes to slavery, like he was a guy that uh, you know, knew it was wrong, had slaves all of his life. Now I, I understand the he he was a man of his time. And and I get that. But he was also a man that admittedly knew it was wrong. And, you know, you release your, if you released him in death, you could have released him in life. That would have been yeah. cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even release all of them, point. which is something people don't like to, to point out, is he didn't release all of them. He really kept some to take care of more, you know, but he released so many of them. And, you know, he did admit that it wasn't right. And I, I agree with you uh, in, in that sense. Well, I think where he was always a little reluctant, he was even reluctant to take that stand. Like, ah, I don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't want to push it. I don't want to. I'm done. I did my time. I was a general. I was the president. I just want to stop. And he just didn't want to do anything radical where I think Lincoln was a little bit more like, and, and I know, you know, Lincoln had some, they all do, but I just think that was a bigger thing. He was a little bit more willing to fight and push it to the limit for something he thought, you know. Pretty hard to say the great emancipator is a bigger piece of shit than the guy that owns slavery. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I do get what you're saying. And I love that point that you kind of brought up that is on the side there that Washington was kind of afraid to pick a fight. And I get why. I get why. But he was. You know, yeah. I, I hear that. Kelly, you said you didn't want to go after Colin Luke last time, so you don't have to this time. <laughs> uh, so who is the bigger piece of shit in your book? I'm actually going to go for Lincoln because of the same reasoning. Because he truly was never a real abolitionist either. So, you know, in the beginning, he never really wanted to end slavery. He just didn't want it to expand. Yeah. And then it was, well, why don't we send the slaves, you know, back to Africa? Or the Emancipation Proclamation was, well, we'll still keep slaves here, but in a foreign, a technically a foreign decision. country, you know, I can't see those. And Washington did free his slaves. I mean, the ones that he was able to, when, you know, I think he made the terms whenever Martha died that the slaves would be free. And I think right. she actually freed them, he did, yeah. um, the ones that she could. But yeah, Washington had like a couple hundred slaves, but technically Lincoln had thousands. I mean. <laughs> You're going to get a you are going to get off the air. We have to cut censorship. No, um, uh -oh. I mean, yeah. I, for me, though, too, the, the habeas corpus that Luke brought up earlier, suspending habeas mm -hmm. corpus, something Washington, I don't think, would have ever really done. He did it during the war, but he didn't do it as president. You know what I mean? Lincoln did it during the war, but not. But he did it as president of the United States. He's, he kind of spat in the face of 
one of those age-old English Civil War, English Bill of Rights, early Enlightenment principles. Colin, you look like you have a thought. Well, that was a great point, Kel. I, I agree with you. Like, if, if slavery is the paramount reason for the Civil War, but wait, we're going to let the border states keep their slaves just so we can keep them in the fight for our side. Like, they, they let Maryland and those guys keep their slaves. If, if liberating the slaves was the paramount reason, you know, for, or like some people say, for the Civil War, then why let those border states keep their slaves if it was that, you know, I, I don't know. Long I think... Isn't it the long game, though? Isn't Lincoln sitting here saying, I need to have them on my side to, to get this war going? And, and he knows that in the end, if he wins, he can do what needs to be done. And, okay, and I... so then if that's the case, if he's just doing it so that he can win, then was he really doing it for slavery or was he doing it to hold the Union together? Well, like, which, I, I which think that Lincoln changed over the course of the war. I mean, I, I, but I can't sit here and say that. It's really, I got to go back to Locke's point. It's pretty hard to say that the guy who freed the slaves is worse <laughs> than the guy who owned slaves. Until Luke tells his story. Uh, so. Well, I, I, first I want to say, though, uh, so, so okay, Lincoln, Lincoln did say, if I could preserve the Union without freeing a single slave, I'd do it. He said that. He also said... He was a good politician wrote, and knew, his out, knew, knew the audience. He also said when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation that his whole life was in it. He knew it was the right thing to do. So, so I mean, Lincoln's a complicated man. And, and as far as the border states go, I, I kind of, I hope this doesn't make me sound like an it. awful human I being. I know what you're saying, yeah. But but he, he let the border states retain their slaves because if he didn't, he risked losing the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the Ohio River Valley. I mean, that's a... That, that losing control of the Ohio, that gives him complete control of the Ohio River Valley. If Kentucky and West uh, West Virginia, uh, and I guess all the way to Missouri, where it starts to bleed into the Mississippi, that that's that's a big deal. I, I get the I get the pragmatic decision to let them keep their slaves. But I don't they know weren't they're... on our side. Tennessee and Kentucky both were occupied by the well, Union. We had to Kentucky fight battles. Was a border state. They, had, they didn't have to be occupied. Yeah, but we. Well, I, I thought they I thought they were. I thought we still sent troops down there into Kentucky. I, I, I know still, Tennessee was occupied and Louisiana was occupied pretty quickly. I might be wrong. I, I don't know about Kentucky. I, I just know that they, they did get to keep their slaves, and I know that. I just, I, I mean, we sit here and say Washington was a man of his time. So was Lincoln. Lincoln was 100% a man of his time. He was probably a little racist. He was probably not that, you know, into equality. But freedom, he did fight for. Luke, what's this? Uh, Mankato. 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 Yes. Okay. Mankato is, is a small city in Minnesota, mm -hmm. not far from Minneapolis, St. Paul. And in Mankato, they had this incident during the Civil War that is called the Acton Incident. And uh, it kind of, it, it's what sparked this, the U.S.-Dakota War. Yes. That only lasted for a, a very brief period of time in, in um, 1861. Which doesn't even show up in the, bio bi the two biographies I used on Lincoln. And they were good biographies. I really liked them. But I'm saying they did not even, the, the Dakota War or this Mankato stuff, those words aren't in the index. Yeah. The legend goes that there was a group of Sioux Native American Indians who went along and ended up on this uh, white family's homestead. And uh, they got into a shooting contest with these, with these white homestead uh, owners. And the Sioux ended up turning on them and killed them. And that triggered this whole big thing. But, uh, it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, but where so, do we get to Lincoln then? Uh, Lincoln comes in towards the end. So this turns into a huge war because the Indians are starving. They have no food. Yeah. They can't hunt anywhere because they're not allowed to hunt anywhere. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, it, it turns into a big, a big kerfuffle. And uh, 300... Kerfucking <laughs> fuffle? What's a kerfuffle? That's a rat kerfuffle. kerfuffle. That's a yeah. kerfuffle. said in this episode. So somewhere between 400 and 1,000 white people were killed. Somewhere between 50 and 100 Dakota end up dying. 303 Dakota Indians are arrested. Put on trial. Put on trial. And it's it's a kangaroo court. Uh, they what what is a kangaroo court? The sham trial. Oh, that's a saying yeah. for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Keepers yeah. is not going to appreciate this rip on kangaroos. So, so <laughs> there, they uh, decides that three hundred and three of the Dakota Indians need to be put to death. And Lincoln is like, wait, wait a second. We just can't be killing three hundred and three people. So the White House and the Department of Justice look over every single case of the 303 individuals. Eventually, Lincoln narrows it down to 39 that are mm. going to be put to death. Pretty because, big jump. Because the 39, it, there there was some evidence that 39 of the individuals had committed rape. Okay, yeah, put them to death. But Lincoln's okay with oh. that. He didn't really feel like they did anything wrong, but if he did if he didn't put any of them to death, Minnesota would have been in open rebellion. Oh, so, 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 so does this make him a piece of shit then, or a, a hero in a way? He still let he kind of let this all go on his own. Well, he was fighting a civil war. <laughs> well, and that's what we said. That's what I said too about the border states and the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. Hey, so, who are you giving it to? So, are you giving it to Washington then? The bigger piece of shit. Yeah, I'm giving it to Washington. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving it to Washington too. Habeas corpus, bad. Indians, homesteaders, bad. Uh, Man of his times, bad. Washington, in this scenario, owned the slaves that Lincoln would come to free. And, and that's, I guess that's just where I'm standing. I can't get, I can't get past that bit. Not that I don't acknowledge everything else that was said. I think Lincoln had his flaws, but in the end, I think both men were coming around in the end, but it goes back to that wonderful statement Luke said, Lincoln acted. But Lincoln had the ability to act, whereas Washington didn't necessarily. Washington's worried about a country falling apart. Lincoln's like, well, fuck all. It already fell apart, so I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> so, I don't know. Any other thoughts, or do we want to move on to the final question? All right, In 63, Congress passed a law that seized all Dakota land, and Lincoln signed it. I don't know if, if that holds any water. Indian with land is the American tradition, Luke. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, and it will continue after the Civil War gets worse. That's actually my other favorite fuck you moment in history. Um, it actually involves Custer and the Sioux. When Custer was sent to the, the Black Hills to to basically take it because they found gold there and they yeah. killed Custer and all of his men. But anyways, we ultimately stole the Black Hills anyways, even though we promised not to. And we carved mm -hmm. four president's faces in their sacred holy land. Yeah, the rock, yeah. <laughs> yeah the sacred rock. Rushmore is, I, I do want to see it though. Big rock, I guess. It's just a big fucking rock though. All right, who <laughs> left the greater, bigger, larger fucking historical footprint? That has to be the last question. You know, I'm not sure who was a bigger, better, who is a better symbol of America. I don't even know what that means to you guys. I don't know that either really finished their respective revolutions because, you know, we've still got the civil rights era and modern issues. So I think Lincoln's revolution is in many ways just as unfinished as Washington's revolution was unfinished. So who leaves the bigger historical footprint? Because it is getting way too late for us to keep going. I'd say Washington. Why? Uh, I mean, he inspired other revolutions. So the French Revolution, give him credit, you know, key to the Bastille. It's, I mean, Lincoln kept the country together, yes, but, excuse me, Washington inspired other nations. So I feel like he's more globally renowned than Lincoln would be. I like it. I like it. I, I think that there are more I think for Washington, there are more noticeable footprints, things he left behind than Lincoln. But again, I hate to do that because the reality is Lincoln died. Uh, but Lincoln died, so therefore Washington's footprint is a little longer. Unless, go ahead, I'll let you guys go. Uh, Colin, what do you think? 
Um, I think there's a lot of people that could have still held the union together despite Lincoln, because when you look at the North, it was more, had a more industrial base, had more factories, had more capability of putting out weapons. It outnumbered the South three to one. It had grants. It was going to win inevitably, right? It, no matter, in my opinion, it, it would have. It, it maybe Lincoln helped. King Cotton diplomacy, Cullen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've said on this show countless times that no one could have done what Washington had done, oh. you know, and there would be no America without Washington. No, no. And we've America said that. Or unite, yeah. We've said that over and over on this show on several different occasions that no one could have filled his shoes. And he is truly the, you know, the man of the time who both was there militarily and also with the, with the presidency, the first president that stepped down after eight years and so on and so forth. No, <laughs> I, I think that, I don't, I'm not going to wait till the last one on this one yet because otherwise Luke steals my thunder. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I have to say, going back to that quote that I love that Lincoln acted, he did, he acted, but Lincoln cites the founders so much. Washington, who he saw as, I think, a surrogate father. You know, uh, Jefferson, who he saw as a, a, a visionary that had the foresight to think past the time he was in. And both of these men owned slaves. That's uh, absolutely true. And I, I think that that does make them bigger pieces of shit. But in terms of footprint, you know, Washington safeguarded the principles that Lincoln was actually ev eventually able to spread to, to more people. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, Lincoln freed the yeah. slaves. No way around it. Huge footprint. He changed the nature and the fabric of, of America. But really, when you look at it, what he did was extended the very principles that Washington fought for and safeguarded to all Americans. Not women, but most Americans. Uh, so I'm- Don't get too crazy. Yeah, I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Women voting? Not, not in the- uh, Not Indians either. No, 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 not at all. But Washington was no friend to the Indian either. Uh, so I'm going to tilt my uh, my vote, uh, not my vote, but my footprint point towards Washington, if not because he set every precedent, even the precedents that Lincoln would follow. I agree with you, Cole. That was perfectly good. No one could have done what Washington did, but I think others could have. Maybe without Lincoln, would the nation have fallen apart the way it did? I don't know. You know, Locke, what do you think? I think with the question being footprint, that that makes me have to go with Washington. Because as far as, you know, if we're talking impact, uh, Lincoln made a huge impact in um, American history, and it's it's a giant thing. But as far as global footprint and you know epicness of accomplishments, I guess you could say, uh, you know, a f impact on world history versus American history, I think you have to give that to Washington. Yeah, you don't see the Civil War in a lot of world history textbooks, do you? Right. You, you see it. If mm. if anything, it's a blip with Alexander uh, of Russia. Well, Go, you see videos all the time, I like TikTok and stuff like that. They ask like uh, people in foreign countries like who fought the Civil War. They don't even know what that is. Like it's not even a thing. Like they have no clue. It's a lot like football. It's something that only we care about. Yes, that's <laughs> excellent. <laughs> well played. And everyone well, loves Washington. Washington is the soccer. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Everyone will know because Americans don't love soccer that much. Uh, I don't know the analogy for sports. Maybe um, baseball. I guess. No, soccer's the mm. world sport. But it's not yeah. the American sport, and I don't want to say that Washington's not America's favorite. <laughs> I don't know if there's a sports analogy. Uh, it's certainly not fucking cricket. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, awesome. Luke, what about you for footprint? Is, that, is somebody going to go Lincoln, or are you, are you going Washington? I'm going Washington, too, for, for all the reasons everybody said. But I will say, I, I, got, I still have to give Lincoln up, though. Free the slaves. Like, like, he freed the slaves, and um, like Lincoln, you had said, you know, we, you don't have the United States without Washington. 
I, I think the same can be said that you don't have the uh, same United States without the United States. Um, I, I mean, George McClellan, correct me if I'm wrong, he was willing to come to peace terms uh, in the 64 election. Yep, Is he that was. Right? Oh, that he was the peace side. He was the yeah. Yeah. candidate. I mean, yeah. that's terrifying. So, so yeah. the the, the level of determination that that Lincoln had to what the preserve fuck would the NAFTA Indian. look like if the Confederacy existed. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'd Florida Floridians would still be fucking crazy. Uh, no matter what country they're part of, <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, so, are you tilting towards Washington for footprint? Yeah. Well, as always, you guys know, and Locke, I'm sure you've picked it up along the way, just because someone left a greater historical footprint doesn't always mean that they get the vote. Piece of shit gets factored in. Everything we've said gets factored in. You know, both of these men, I think, are equal symbols of America, American freedom. That's what I think of when I think of a symbol. All right. Well, it's that time of night where we try to figure out who the hell is the winner of this round's crown of greatness. Washington, the winner of the season one battle royale, which is something worth noting, or Abe Lincoln, the great emancipator. The man who owns slaves, the man who freed slaves. I don't know which one it's going to be, but before we do that, listeners, be sure to check out the DGMH Facebook page and be sure that you follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, where you can see exclusive drinking photos, occasional drink ratings, and get a round of DGMH daily. And, you know, get fun bullshit that we post all the time. If you love DGMH, I hope you'll leave the show a great, hopefully five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and I hope you'll consider visiting, visiting, I hope you'll consider visiting the show's Patreon page. Support the show and get access to even more great content. Tonight we talked all about the Civil War, our favorite battles, but you know what? We had a good conversation nonetheless. So let's do this. I will give you the three, two, one point, and we all say it, and then now, because I can't seem to hear anybody, because for the first time ever, this season, we've started all actually saying it at the same time, so I can never hear what anybody says. Uh, but, and Luke, no changing your answer. All right, so are we ready, guys? Everybody, know I will not be changing my answer. Do we know what we're gonna, you guys know what you're going to say? Everybody's yes. ready? All right, three, two, one. Washington. I don't know who said what, but I said Washington. Kelly said Washington. Luke, you said Lincoln? I said Lincoln. Locke? I said Lincoln. Colin, you're the... What'd you I, say? I said Lincoln. Oh my God. Oh, God! I can't believe it. I couldn't tell. No way. Washington oh, finally got beat. God. Washington gets wow. beat down by first time ever. Is it the piece of shit factor for you guys that pushed him over the edge just a little bit? It wasn't big enough for me to push Washington down. Uh, no. Piece of shit curve really didn't influence my vote that much. It's just, it's just Lincoln. Washington. It's just everything else. Yeah. Well, one of my big things, I think. A lot of Washington's biggest personal successes would have been like back to like the French Indian War, but like a lot of he gets credit for the Revolutionary War, and we skip past like a lot of Lafayette, Benedict Arnold, and all that stuff. We just don't talk about it, and just throw Washington, you know. And then we go to the presidency, and he's got Hamilton and Jefferson. He's got this great cabinet, and we still give him credit. And in the meantime, a lot of that was like the first time you guys discussed him, you called him a lucky fool. Yeah, he was. You know. I think he was like a reluctant lucky fool. Yeah. I think he was a good guy. He was trying to yeah. do a great thing for this country, but he was like, okay, I got I to gotta be president. Where Lincoln picked every fight. Every fight. Fighter, yeah. He was a brawler. Picked every I fight. like that. He picked the fights and won them. Colin, what, what pushed you? I picked Lincoln for the same reason I picked Hamilton over Jefferson. We live, we in, live, America. We live in Hamilton's Federalist America. And Lincoln switched the paradigm of state sovereignty to federal sovereignty. You're making and me today, Where was this shit during the conversation? <laughs> it's, it's here. I just never had the chance to bring it up. But that I mean, sad reality is I think I actually said something like that, and so did Luke, too. <laughs> and I, still, uh, 
But uh, yeah, the framers had intended us to be like state sovereigns unto themselves, state capital, state constitution, state money, state everything. And after the Civil War, we go federal whole hog and we've never looked back and we have become a federal gigantic. It's easy to look inside and say, well, it was always going to be like that, but that's not true. It wasn't supposed to. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Well, I I, I might have voted Washington and Kelly, I'm glad that I wasn't alone there, but uh, you know, so I'll start us <laughs> off. Well, there you have it. I'm sorry, Kelly. Did you want to say anything about why you chose Washington? Because he's fucking George Washington. That's yeah. Funny. That's. <laughs> I think Locke made that point earlier. It's fucking George Washington. It's fucking George Washington. Come on, yeah. You guys threw the circle. I thought I, I don't know. Uh, well, there you have it. Oh, I almost said it. There you have it. Abraham Lincoln has won this round's crown of greatness, and Washington. He might not see. A he seat. might be crying tonight. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he might be <laughs> out of the battle royale for this season. I don't know. Uh, but there's only one way to end the show, and that's the toast but first let's talk shots for tonight i actually although i i was leaning towards washington always and i was swayed very close and i'm actually more swayed now than ever i kind of thought he was going to win so i went with a shot of knob creek tonight for for my shot so kelly what are you doing a shot of tonight i'm doing some maple bourbon Ooh, kelly you said oh, it's a distillery that, that i know i'm supposed to give you some <laughs> uh, you will get it it's from some distillery in vermont uh what's it called i looked it up uh, it's called saxton's distillery vermont? i don't know it just sounded presidential rep in the union <laughs> i like that i like that oh, yeah. hey you know this is why i love listening to the podcast because when i'm listening to it you say like who's the biggest piece of shit and i'm like washington and then I listen to everybody talking about the halfway everybody's done. I'm like, oh man, is it Lincoln? I don't know, man. <laughs> Every time. No, 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 no. no matter who I pick, by the time we go back around the corner, I don't know again. I don't That's know. why I say we come into this like with with our beliefs and most times they are just out the fucking way. That my favorite will still be Isabella versus Catherine. I think Cullen switched points every point he said. Uh, I'm gonna say Catherine. <laughs> oh no, now I'm gonna say Isabella. <laughs> It's like, that's the joyous shots heard around the world. I love it. All right. Yeah. So we've got uh, Vermont maple bourbon. Mm -hmm. uh, Cullen, what are you doing a shot of tonight? Screwball. Screwball. Uh, peanut butter whiskey. You stocked yep. up on those right. bad boys. Well, it's the same one. I don't This was lot, a nutty so. debate. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Luke, what are you doing a shot of tonight? Uh, in honor of His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh, may he rest in peace uh, on some uh, Shavas Regal. Oh, Scottish, Scotch, yeah, there we go, Scotland, yeah. love it, um, what are you doing a shot of tonight, Locke? Uh, I got Traverse City Whiskey Company, American Cherry, so it's Traverse City, Michigan, it's the cherry capital of the world. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Nice. So you're really repping Michigan tonight, you say it's cherry whiskey? Yeah, well, it's like a cherry infused, oh, so good. it's uh, it's real good. Yeah, I, had, I like flavored whiskeys because they're not like flavored vodkas that are all sugary. Flavored whiskeys tend to be like a hint, you know? Well, I, I think the big difference is uh, the liqueurs. They're a little thicker, a little bit texture-wise, versus the infused whiskeys, where it's just a little flavor in the same. Right, absolutely. Well, like I said, I'm doing the Knob Creek. Uh, I have a little bit left because, well, I, I, I just, I tell you, it got the better of me. It's really fucking good. I also tried the Knob Creek rye, which isn't bad, but I'm doing the Knob Creek straight bourbon whiskey. So tonight, I guess we, we raise a glass to freedom. Uh, Washington fought for it, Lincoln fought for it, Lincoln spread it to more people, and Lincoln wins this round tonight. Uh, did you guys have anything to say in toast tonight? Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate hey, it. Oh Zach. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm not used to that. Hey, Locke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Cheers to you and cheers to your show. We'll all be sure to check it out. You know, this May, it's uh, Asian Gangsters, right? The Flying. What was the main group called? Uh, Manhattan Chinatown Gangsters. So yeah. it's the Flying Dragons. But we'll cover like all different, all different eras, all different, you know, 
levels. Yeah. It's the whole month to make four and episodes. I, I think I'm You're on, on one of them. I'm on the, on the last episode for that round, right? Or, or it was one of the towards the end, I think. So. That's correct. I think it's the last one. So I don't know. Go, I always decide the last minute. It could end up, you know. You never know. You never know. Go check It'll be one of them. I love it. Go check out Say Hello to the Bad Guy. It's a great podcast. If you like our show, you'll love theirs for sure. Maybe even like it more. I, I don't know. I hope not, but maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like them both the same. Either way, it's a damn good time, so get over there and listen to it. And yeah, cheers to you guys. Uh, Luke, Colin Kelly, thanks for coming on. Cheers. This was a blast. I'm so glad you came on. I hope you'll come back on in the future. Uh, so cheers. Mm, it was not easy. <laughs> oh, screwball goes down. Really? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Hey, Locke, did you ever read the book McMafia? It's about organized crime around the world, different syndicates based McMafia. around the world. McMafia. I, have, yeah. I haven't, I haven't often, read it. Okay. Yeah, it's but really I, good. I'll look into it. I actually have done, I've done a lot of recording in advance, so I'm actually just kind of reading and researching over the next couple of months as I release these episodes, and uh, that sounds like something... I've never been able to get ahead. The only time I can get ahead is when I'm going on vacation and then I end up more behind than ever before. Uh, oh my God. Each people. chapter, like, he'll take, like, the triads in one chapter, the Yakuza in another chapter, the Russian mob. Each chapter is its own syndicate around the world oh, and Colin, what they're like doing. You would like his podcast then if you're, if you're into the mafia stuff. I would love it. Yeah, absolutely. You got a new follower here. Plus the, the <laughs> little Jewish Navy, my boys. I was on the Frankie Vale episode. Florist yep. Okay. there. Uh, so he, I don't know. Cool. Uh, so no, that that's awesome. Mick Mafia. I might have to read it for the next time if I come it's on. Pretty, it. It's pretty. It's crazy. It'll blow your hair back. And that's uh that's the hardest information to get is a lot of that Asian uh, criminality. You know, there's there's a million books. Uh, if you want to read about a cowboy or you know a mafia a, a Italian gangster, there's a lot of that. But you know, some mm. of those different stuff, mm -hmm. the interesting stuff, it's a little bit harder to come by good information. And it, it's, you know, it jumps around. It shows, like, the Nigerian pyramid schemers, you know, and then it'll jump to the Middle East. Like, Dubai launders money for everybody on that side of the world. It's it's really interesting. So, did Luke go? Did we lose Luke? No, Luke's right there. Oh, I, oh I, okay. Uh, the chat thing cut him off. Uh, Why? Did you want to talk about me? You want me to leave? <laughs> yes, he did. Cheers. Cheers.